Okay, tonight we join the Jews in Israel. We've been praying for rain since the 7th of Cheshvan. Tonight we begin to pray for rain. We recite the prayer, give us rain. Give us dew and rain for a blessing. I'm going to go over the um, few of the laws about this blessing, the spiritual significance of it, and the relationship of this blessing to the time that we're in, and hopefully uh, how this can uh, inspire us in our lives and what we need to take home from starting this blessing, what that means for us. So first of all, some practical things. This blessing, give us dew and rain for a blessing, is recited in the bracha called Baruch Aleinu. And there are uh, five different scenarios uh, where a person can forget to recite this, um, this prayer. And there is a, another opportunity to recite the prayer. If you forget to say it in the middle of the blessing, you could say it at the conclusion of the blessing. As soon as the Vorach Hashanah, before you say the Kabbalah Shefer Godel, before you say the words Bolder Shofar, you could say the blessing then. If you forgot to say it then, you missed a second opportunity, you could say it in the blessing of Shemeyat Tefillah by the words, do not return us empty-handed, break them out to Shevein, where you're allowed to say any of your personal requests. If you forgot it then as well, you could recite it by the end of that blessing, blessed are you God who hears prayer. And if you got it there too, you can res- go back to the blessing of Baruch Aleinu and recite the blessing of St. Talmud Levracha and start over Baruch Aleinu and then repeat the whole Shemun Esri from there. And if you forgot, if you forgot the entire, uh, you finished the whole Shemun Esri and then you uh, remember, you didn't say the Bracha of St. Talmud Levracha, so then you have to repeat the entire Shemun Esrei. You don't want to miss out. Oh, Shalom Aleichem. Why you wash? It's kosher. You don't want to miss this blessing, St. Talmud Levracha. So if you miss it by uh, the first opportunity, the second opportunity, the third opportunity, the fourth opportunity, you have to catch the fifth one. You say it in the Baruch Aleinu. Forget Baruch Aleinu, you can say it at the end of Baruch Aleinu, Baruch Hashanim. You say it there, Vesein Talmud Levracha. Forget over there, and then say it in Reikam Alti Shevein, If you forget over there, and then say it at the end of the Baruch Hashem Yatvila. And if you forget over there, then then go back to Baruch Aleinu. And if you finish the Hoshman Esrei, repeat the Hoshman Esrei, and make sure you say that blessing. Why? That blessing is really important. You don't want to miss it. And the question is, what does this blessing mean? What are we asking for? So the words we say are, give us dew and rain for a blessing. Now, rain is something we pray for. If there's no rain, we ask God for rain. Rain, the Talmud says, comes down in merit of our merits. But the Gemara says that dew is never held back. Dew is always given. So why are we asking for dew? Not only are we asking for dew, we're prefacing the blessing, the prayer for dew, before the blessing for rain. So spiritually, the idea of rain is how Hashem responds to us based upon our merits. Based upon what we deserve, God responds. So you put do your mitzvahs, you learn your Torah, and you're giving tzedakah, you're doing lots of great things, so God responds. Just like when God created the world, it says the vapor rose from the earth, and it formed a cloud, and the cloud rained on the earth, so too the mitzvahs arise from the earth, they have an impact in heaven, and from heaven, things descend in this world. 
so too rain. Same thing, rain and God responding to our merits. How does do? What's do? Do is a gift that God gives us, which is not commensurate to our merit. It's something that God gives us that has nothing to do with whether we deserve it or not. It's something which, which we, we can never possibly reach, which can, we can never possibly deserve this kind of godly light, this kind of godly inspiration, this kind of revelation. We can never get there because this is something which is just given to us from Hashem. It's a gift. When you give someone a gift, the Gemara says that you would never give someone a gift unless they cause you pleasure. So there is something connected to the person you're giving the gift and what they've done for you, but it's not like payment. Payment is you, they earned, you pay. There's a price for the hours or whatever, but a gift is beyond what the person deserves, just a gift. So Hashem looks at the Jewish people and He gives us not just what we deserve, but He also gives us gifts. And we ask God, Vesein, Saint Talmud of Racha, give us more gifts and give us even greater gifts. And the gifts are even greater than rain. Rain is commensurate to your action, so that's, that's limited. Vesein, give us more than what we deserve. And give us, an, and there are in history uh, different kinds of, uh, by the way, the Rebbe says Hanukkah is coming up. He says that children should ask their parents for Hanukkah guilt. They should ask their parents for gifts. So we do the same thing. Abish, we want to give, give us do. Now, this do thing, is something that Hashem throughout history gives the Jewish people gifts in connection to what people need to get, people need to do. People need to do to get to do. You get do for what you need to do. What kind of do do you need? Well, it depends what you need to do. So what, what, do, we, what do we need to do now, Roni? What are we ready for? Sidis. Oh. <laughs> so since Mashiach has to come, and Mashiach comes, the world will be full of knowledge. Like the water covers the ocean bed. So therefore... We need to have the do of Torah. We need to have the inner, inner dimension of Torah. We need to have Hasidus. Hasidus was revealed now in our time to give us that, that extra inspiration to, to ascend into the new era of the, of the coming of Mashiach. It's something more than, than we could possibly reach, we could possibly deserve. It's something that God gives us beyond what we deserve. And we need that to get to, 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 get to this. Um, and that's how it is in every generation. It, it's, it's a little bit of a paradox, but on the one hand, our generation is the lowest of all generations. Darkness and exile gets worse and worse, the Talmud says. But the Talmud says that, it's not telling us this to make us feel bad, it's telling us this because we have a, an ability to do something about this, and that's why God's telling us there's more darkness, and if we have to increase with more light, and God gives us more light with the inner, inner dimension of Torah that, that, that He gave our, the last few generations to combat this darkness. There are similar, thank you, Chaim Chaim. So the paradox is there's more darkness and there's more light. There's more darkness, end of exile, more darkness. On the other hand, God gives us more do, more light. There were people asked the Rebbe about this paradox in different ways, different things the Rebbe said that, 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 that inspired people's um, angst, questions. For example, there was one family that weren't sure that they should adopt the custom that the Rebbe was campaigning about. But the Rebbe was campaigning the Jewish girls from the age of three years old should light Shabbos candles. You heard this today, right? Sounds familiar? Oh, you didn't hear it. So, so, so this family wrote to the Rebbe, you know, in our family, we're, they were whatever tradition they were, girls only light, only light Shabbos candles after their marriage. So you're telling me that Rebecca lit Shabbos candles at the age of three years old. Fine, that's Rebecca's custom. I know she's my grandmother, my great-grandmother, <laughs> but my grandmother didn't. 
So the, the customs haven't changed. You know, Rebecca let Shabbos come to the age of three. And that's not my custom. Rebbe responded, your grandmother also didn't read the newspaper. She also didn't have makeup. She also didn't read secular studies, didn't learn study sec- didn't study secular things. So because you're adding also more darkness, you also, of course, have to add in more light. And similar thing there was said about Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin, so everyone said that if anyone will ever ask him if he should get Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin, the answer is going to be yes. Why? Because there's more darkness in the world, so therefore needs to be needs to be more light. So uh, a similar thing <coughs> is in regards to the Alter Rebbe and the Mittler Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe, this, this coming Sunday, is the anniversary of the redemption of the Mittler Rebbe from prison. The Mittler Rebbe was redeemed, he was liberated from prison in on the 10th of Kislev. And his father also was liberated from prison this month on the 19th of Kislev. The altar of the Mittler Rebbe, the redemption, wasn't just a, just a personal thing. And every year on the anniversary of the redemption, it's not just something that happens happened to them at that time, but there's some kind of, there is a power of redemption and freedom that God gives each of us on that day. And there's a distinction between these two great tzaddikim in the way they serve God and, what, and how they empower us to serve God. You've probably heard this before. The time of the Mizitcha Magid, the Alter Rebbe's teacher, there was a student of him, of his, whose name was, I think, Pinchas Karetze. And he saw a piece of paper that had deep secrets of the Torah on it, and was lying on the floor. And he was very insulted. He was very upset. He thought this was totally sacrilegious, and he thought this was, this was a sign that his teacher is doing the wrong thing, He's revealing these secrets. They should not be revealed. What is he doing? And he complained. And the Magid told his student, the Alter Rebbe, to defend his position, to answer. The Alter Rebbe gave the following parable. The Alter Rebbe said that there was once a king, and the king had a son who went on a hunting trip, and the, and the, the king's son got badly hurt. And the king told his doctor to try to find a cure. They looked, they looked through all their various cures for this ailment. They couldn't find anything. Until they finally discover that there's one cure, the cure is, they go back to the king, your majesty, we have good news, we have bad news. Good news is that we found the cure. The bad news is that it's a really, really rare precious stone that's needed, that needs to be crushed up. And that precious stone, if it's crushed up and mixed with, medicine, mixed with water and your son drinks it, he will, he'll, be, he'll be cured. The king says, fast as you can, go find that stone. And they went to the king's treasury and they told the king, your majesty, we have good news, we have bad news. The good news is, that we found this, the stone. The bad news is, it is the crown jewel. It's in your, it's in your crown. This is what makes you the king. This is, this is, this is you. The king says, it's not a question. My son, take this stone, crush it up, and make the medicine as soon as you can. They're about to make the medicine, and the king's doctors come before the king, your majesty. We know your son's life is way more important. We know how you feel, but it's not the right thing to do now. Why not? Your son is so sick, he'll spit it out. And so it's not worth it. Why should we crush up the stone and give him the medicine? He's not, he's not well enough to even ingest the medicine. The king said, do it anyways, because maybe one drop will go in, and that drop will be enough to revive him. So that's what the altar said. And yet, and so that defended the Zichamagad, the why is it papers of Hasidus on the floor? Because that's the way it has to, you have to kind of pour and pour and pour, and maybe a drop will go in, and it's worth it. The king's son needs to be revived. Okay. That's true. That, but then the Al-Tareb himself was arrested. And Hasidus tells us, why was he arrested? The inner meaning of his arrest, as he was actually told by his teacher, the Magad, while he was in jail, he was told, the reason you're in jail is because 
you're teaching these deep secrets of the Torah, and he asked if you should stop, and they said to him that when you're redeemed, when you're free, you should continue, this is important. So why was he arrested in the first place if his teacher was doing it before, and, and, and he gave it a, a, a justification for it, and it was accepted? The reason he was, he was arrested was because he was doing more than his teacher. He revealed even more than his teacher did. And that's also why the Mitzvah Rebbe, the second Rebbe of Chabad, was also arrested. Because compared to the Alter Rebbe, he revealed an exponential amount of Hasidus more than the Alter Rebbe. If you look at the books just of the Alter Rebbe and the Mitzvah Rebbe, you see right away a difference between them. The Alter Rebbe's teachings are in the Torah, Torah portions of the week in a book called Torah Or. That book has, let's say, in average discourses, two pages, a page, the same exact discourse, the same topic, the same subject, the same ideas, is explained by his son, the Mitla Rebbe, 20 pages, 30 pages, 40 pages. You see there's the thickness of the book. The Alter Rebbe Sefer is called Torah Or. The Mitla Rebbe Sefer is called Torah Chaim, Torah of Life, and you see Torah Chaim is wider. It's a huge book compared to, just, just physically, it's, it's, it's a whole different thing. And that's because the Alter Rebbe his, he was a first... It's kind of like the, the Gemara and the Mishnah. The Mishnah, as Maimonides writes in the intro to the Mishnah, the Mishnah is written in a very brief, short way, but it contains a lot of information. So too, the, the Alter Rebbe, the way he introduced Hasidus, it was very short, very brief, and the Mitra Rebbe expounded on it, and like the Gemara expounds in the Mishnah. The Alter Rebbe is called in Kabbalah, in Hasidus, the Chachmah. Chachm is when, you have, when you're grappling over something, you don't know the, how to explain it, and you oh, that's the answer. What's the answer? Well, you don't know yet. You just know, I have the answer. You just have an insight, you have a flash in your head, that's the answer. You have to develop that flash and go over the details of it to, to explain it. And go, so explaining it and going over the details is Bina. So the Alter Rebbe's way of teaching Chassidus was more Chachm. Just a point. The comparison, the, the analogy Chassidus gives is the difference between a well versus a river. A well come, a wellspring comes from the earth and drop after drop after drop, but a river is so wide, it's expansive, it's huge, and it flows. So the Mitra Rebbe's teachings, they were bina, they were with great expansion of, upon the Alter Rebbe. And because of that, even though the Alter Rebbe already revealed so much Hasidus before, but the Mitra Rebbe did way more than the Alter Now why? Why did he do more? To revive the king's son, what did the doctors tell the king? Don't do it. Because the king, your son, the prince, will spit it out. What did the king respond? Maybe a drop will go in. If you need a drop, you don't need to have all this expansion. A drop is enough. But there's another reason to reveal this. The other reason to reveal this is not just to revive the king's son, it's to adorn the bride to meet the groom. The Jewish people are the bride, God is the groom, and to prepare for, hey, Pedram, Shalom Aleichem, in order, sorry, he was, he was uh, saying hello over here, in order, in order to prepare the, the bride to meet the groom, in order to prepare the Jewish people to meet Hashem, and the coming Mashiach, so Hashem gave us these jewels, these diamonds, these teachings of Chassidus. That's our request from Hashem, give us, give us to do. Give us these, these, these gifts to allow us to prepare the coming Mashiach. So that's what the Mitzvah Rebbe revealed. That's why, on the day the Mitzvah was passing, something incredible happened. The Mitzvah, the, the Tzemach Tzedek, his son-in-law said, there has never been, since the time of Shem Yochai, there's never been anyone who had a similar passing to 
to the Rabshim Boyachai like his father-in-law. On the day in the middle of his passing, he was very weak. The doctors, they kind of got the hand, they, they kind of understood a little bit about the Mithra Rebbe. They weren't Jewish, but they, they, kind of, they kind of figured out some things. They realized when he teaches Torah, he's very alive. And he's very weak. So the doctor says, please teach Torah. And his son-in-law said about his father-in-law, if you prick him with a needle, blood wouldn't come out. Chassidus would come out. He was so totally enveloped with the teachings of Chassidus. That, so he taught Chassidus that day he passed away. And he passed away when he said the word Chayim, life. The same exact thing happened by Yishim B'yuchai. Yishim B'yuchai was teaching more Torah than he taught his whole life on the day of his passing, Lag B'yemer. And he passed away on the day of Lag B'yemer when he said the word Chayim. So that's, there's a similarity also between Lag B'yemer and the day of the middle of his passing in, in the source of Lag B'yemer. What, 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 what am I talking about? There is um, a source that Rizal says for Lag B'yemer in the Torah. Where did it say Lag B'yemer in the Torah? There's two sources. One source is from the words in Tehillim, Gal Enai, open my eyes, let me look at the wonders of your Torah. So there's an in, the, the Torah alludes Lagma Omer in that verse. Now that verse fits like a glove, Lagma Omer. That verse is like, boom. Open my eyes, let me see the wonders of your Torah. That's what Rosh Hashanah did. He revealed the Zohar, he revealed the secrets of the Torah. That fits right in. There's another verse, which is a little bit hard to understand. Other verses, in this week's Torah portion, it says, when Lavan and Yaakov met, and Lavan was chasing after Yaakov, so Yaakov told Lavan, Let's make a mound between us as a sign that no one, I know where my space is, you know where your space is, and we don't ever, you know, no one hurts each, anybody. And they make the mound, and Lavan knows where his space is, Yaakov knows where his space is. The words the Torah uses are, Eid Hagal Hazad, the mound should be a testimony. Now, what does that have to do with Amr? And we read that now, before the Mitra is passing, it's, connect, it's connected also to the Mitra is. Uh, um, life and Geula. So what, is that, what does that Pasuk mean? And the answer is like this. A Jew has to be sent from Ganadin, sent from heaven, to a world of lies. When I say a world of lies, Chassidus says not just people are dishonest, the world itself lies. The world says, I am. And the truth is, the truth is nothing besides Hashem. So the world is created in a way that it, the Chassidim say the, world, the words, the Welt liked, the world lies. The world, by its very nature, is a lie. It says, I am, and it's not. It's God vivifying every single thing in the world. Every moment, the word of God is causing every single thing in the world to, to exist. God's word makes it alive and exist, and bringing it out of absolute nothingness. So the world lies. The Neshama has to engage a lie, a world of lies. Just like Yaakov had to engage Lava. So what do, how does Yaakov and Lavan get along? What do they need to do? So there's a... We read in the beginning of this Torah portion, Yaakov is about to go to Haran. What's the first thing he does? It's a Yaakov. He has to go find the Shidduch, right? Ronnie, what do you think Ronnie did? He goes, to, he goes to Yeshiva, but then he gets to Haran. What is he doing in Haran? He gets to Haran. He gets to Haran. What is he, actually, on the way to Haran, Basel. What is he doing on the way there? He davens to Hashem. He davens, doesn't try to get, learn the, 
the language of the people, doesn't get nicer suits. The first thing he does, he, he davens. Yerani, shidduch advice. First thing you got to do is, is, is daven. Okay. That, that, you also maybe have to get a, a different suit. You also have to maybe get a, 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 learn the language. But the very first thing is you got to, got to daven. When you want to build a Jewish home, you want to start your life. That's not just for, for shidduch. You want, to get, you want to fit into the world. First, might think that you know that the first thing they got to do is fit in. The Torah says the first thing he did was daven. What does he do next? He takes the stones, the place, and he puts them around his head. If once, why did he put them around his head? The Talmud says he was protecting himself from wild animals. Wild animals. Fine. Think about it. He's afraid of, of wild animals. He put stones around his head. Do you think that would work? I mean, imagine like you you, you have to go at night and take take make a withdrawal on the bank, let's say on on Pico La Cienega, and it's late at night. And you don't want to go there, so you know what you do? Put a bag on your head. <laughs> what Yaakov doing? Putting a, putting a bag, what does that mean? So the Chassidus explains, it wasn't, Yaakov wasn't afraid of, of the wild animals on the outside. He was afraid of it infiltrating into his psyche, into his mind, into his heart. He was afraid he has to go and engage with the world, in the world of lies. He may, he may, the Torah says, it's true you have to go out and do work, but you shouldn't scheme, shouldn't feel that it's your efforts that are making your success and it's your lack of effort that causes failure. You have to feel, realize the, the truth. If you're relaxed, God does everything. You're just making a vessel for God's blessing. So therefore, what he wanted to do was protect his mind. That's what Yaakov is doing also with love. And, and, and the part, he made a mound. What does a Jew have to do with the world? It's easy to make a wall. Some people think that the way they have to deal with the world is if they make a wall. What's a wall? Total separation. I don't want to be involved in the world. Let the world be the world. I'll be me. I'll stay in shul and I'll learn Torah and I'll daven and the world be the world and we'll separate. That's, a, that's what a wall would be. Yaakov didn't make a wall. What did he make? A mound. A mound is something. It's significant. It's separation. It's a sign that you could pass over. And actually, Yaakov and Lavan had an agreement. We're not going to pass over to hurt each other, but we will pass over this mound to do business. A Jew has to engage the world to do business. What kind of business? And the Shama comes to the world to get the good sparks of godliness out of the world. The Jew has to engage the world and elevate and lift up the world. There's something you've got to do over here. There is something that a Jew is given by Hashem, a task is given to engage and be involved in the world. So there has to be a separation. But you have to, at the same time, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to stay above it. Now, that's hard. That's hard. If you just say separate, that's easy. But to be involved and not to be involved, to be involved and not to be, not to be drowned by it, that's, a, that's already takes talent. What's the talent? How do you get the talent? So the talent comes from Chassidus. That's why this Pasuk hints to Lagba Emer and hints to the Mithla Rebbe because it's specifically by the revelation of the Torah, Chassidus, that allows a person to be able to be involved and yet to be above. And it's not, if you learn Chassidus, oh, it's Master Rebbe. It's not just. There is a beautiful um, letter of the Friedrich Rebbe I want to share with you about on this subject of being involved in business and at the same time to be to be above it, not to be not to be drowned by it. This this is the uh, letter. I'm just gonna. Um, it was written in Hebrew. I'm just gonna um, paraphrase in Hebrew. I though although I didn't get any letter from you. I am happy, however, to receive from time to time regards through good friends. God should help. We should always be able to share good news. Uh, you should be able to tell me yourself good news, both material good news and spiritual good news. I hear that there are various 
branches of business that are not as successful now as merchants expected it to be. Things, there are certain areas of business which things aren't going as well as people expect them to go. It's clear that you have to look at this as a test that God wants to test the Jewish people. Even though he, bless me, he knows that the Jewish heart is always open and is drawn to Torah and its commandments, but in order to appease the angels of the heavenly court who do not want to believe that a Jew will overcome this test, so God shows them, look, despite the fact that the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, can try to convince the Jew to lessen his sucker because business is not the same as it was before, yet Jews are intelligent and that it's only that God wants to test them. And when they overcome the test and they understand the true intent of the test, not only will the, the business be as good as it was before, but on the contrary, it will be even better than it was before. Why? Because a father loves, a father loves when his son understands the true intent of, why the, of what the father is doing. When a, kid, when, a, when a father sees that his son understands why he's doing what he's doing, a father loves that. So that when a when child shows his father his wisdom, so the gifts the father gives the child are more. The father gives the child more gifts. When, it, when the father sees it, the child gets it. When the ch- child is, shows even more wisdom, the father wants to give him more gifts. And the Friedrich continues. Business people say that as the, the older they get, the, they understand the business more. That's a businessman saying. So since it's, their Friedrich writes to this person, since it's been a long time that you're in business, you should understand God's intent in this situation. And just like any good investment, whether you're investing in a hotel or in a business, not only should you not lessen God's portion in this, on the contrary, you should give it even more and without calculating about what your portion is. In other words, give Hashem his portion and don't reckon what your portion is going to be. And then God will fulfill his promise in the Torah. God says, give Aser Beshul Asher. By giving Tzedakah, God promises, by giving 10%, God promises wealth. To, and he will give his partner, Hashem will give, you're making Hashem your partner, he'll give, make, he will give his partner an even greater profit than before. Okay, that, was, that was a letter. So that, that kind of a perspective on business is uh, something that requires Hasidus. You need to really study Hasidus in order to have that perspective. You're in it to know what's God's intent. You know, you're involved in something which is your natural uh, inclination when you're in that situation is the first thing you cut off is anything that's, that's extra. Oh, it's stuck. That's extra. I know, but the Friedrich Rebbe says you have to realize God is testing you, and you want and you're in the situation. And if you show Hashem that you get the test, Hashem says, "Oh, my son gets it." You, a father loves that. A father gives gifts to his son when he when he does that. Um, Chaim Chaim So that's the basic thing I wanted to um, to share tonight. That the same Talmud of Rachel asking Hashem, Tal is due. Tal means the gifts Hashem gives us that are beyond uh, what we deserve, which which is connected to the revelation of the Chassidus the Mitzvah Rebbe gave us 
the chassidus, which is broad with the, with details with bina, and that empowers us. The, the learning chassidus and delving into it deeply, it it it's gives us the the, the power to uh, rise above the uh, challenges that each of us has, and to uh, with simcha, simcha to live off. And this brings uh, brachas for all good. Gashus Ruchnis. Chaim, Chaim.